You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at the Cleveland Indians. I am joined by Jordan Bastian, and it's our first podcast of 2017, JB. How are you feeling? What do you got on tap for the new year? What's your resolution for 2017? Oh, my resolution is to, uh, I don't know, let's say drink less coffee, but I guess that's probably not going to happen, you know, especially after uh, going through that postseason last year. I think I set an all-time record. <laughs> uh, so gonna try, going to try and taper back a little bit which will be, like, still way more than the average human. I don't drink coffee, but uh, that postseason had me very close. It was about as close as I've come, <laughs> I think. So uh, if they get back in 2017 and make a similarly deep run, uh, you might have to uh, uh, join the Starbucks crew with you. But uh, for now, uh, the Indians are making uh, certainly a, a big move to get back to the postseason. That, of course, is the Edwin Encarnacion signing. We have not done a podcast since this news broke uh, shortly before Christmas. And uh, that's a big one, JB. Uh, you, you know, you knew it was potential for him to, quote, fall into their hands, uh, for his price tag to drop. Uh, I wouldn't say it dropped precipitously. I mean, they're still <laughs> expending $65 million guaranteed over the next uh, three, four years, you know, the extra $5 million, of course, being the, uh, the buyout of that fourth-year fourth option. So, uh, a, a tremendous investment for this club and, and just kind of speaks to where they're at in the competitive timetable. Yeah, and I mean, I think to your point, I still think this is higher than the price range that I thought the Indians would be players. You know, so right. I think it's a, cre- it's a credit to Cleveland that they did go outside their comfort zone. You know, I didn't think they were going to have a, a comfort zone really at all in this type of free agent signing. And now it's it's the largest contract in terms of guaranteed money that this team has ever given out. But if there was a time to do it, as I think you know, everyone has talked about, whether it's us talking about it or fans talking about it, you know, the time is now. You know, they already made that bold statement by going and getting Andrew Miller and giving up a lot of prospects, and now you know they want to win one more game than they did last year, and that would make them the uh, World Series champs. And going out and getting, you know, arguably the best right-handed power hitter in the game is a, is a good way to, to make this lineup even better, a lineup that was fourth in the league and run scored, you know, without Michael Brantley for much of the year. You know, now you are getting Encarnacion and potentially getting Michael Brantley back, um, you know, to what level we'll see. But I think this is a, a clear upgrade for the lineup you know, Mike Napoli brought a lot to the team behind the scenes, on the field. You know, it was a, a great, memorable one-year run for, for Napoli and Cleveland, a season that Indians fans will remember for years to come, not just for his homers, but for the whole party at Napoli's mantra that kind of swept over the fan base. Um, you know, that was a lot of fun and raised a lot of money for charity. So he did a lot of good um, in his year there. But when you got a chance to bring in a, a premier slugger, you know, like Encarnacion and, and kind of put your continue to put your foot on the pedal with the World Series as your goal. You know, I think you got to do it, and the Indians made a pretty big statement by doing that. Yeah, Napoli's track record doesn't have the the consistency of, of Encarnacion. Now there's, you know, uh, of course, 
Encarnacion is entering his mid-30s, so there is the potential for a, a lag there. But uh, this is a guy who's really had tremendous plate discipline to go with the power. Uh, and that's, of course, something you didn't get with Napoli. So, uh, you know, he's not going to strike you out of innings, generally speaking. Um, so that bodes well. And I think just, you know, for a team with really – the division is totally there for the taking. Um, it, it, we, we, we've spoken before about just kind of the changing dynamics within the division and transition going on in Kansas City and Detroit in particular, uh, and Minnesota for that matter. Um, so it, it's just a, a, a great opportunity to, to kind of capitalize on, on what is a win-now roster. So – Really cool that uh, ownership stepped up, and it sounds like the fans are stepping up as well. There was a, a surge of season ticket sales just after the news broke, and uh, that was kind of the lingering question, maybe still is the lingering question going into 2017. Will will they have the support uh, that this fastly uh, you know increasing payroll demands? Uh, they're, they're jumping up in well north of 100 million at this point. I think they're in the 130 something range uh, as it projects for 2017. Uh, we're just clearly not accustomed to seeing that from this franchise. Yeah, I mean, when we were talking about it going north of 100, we were talking about the largest payroll in the history of the franchise. And granted, that's all relative. That's not saying, sure. you know, I mean, there was, a, there was a point in time where they had the highest payroll in baseball, you know, but times have changed. But even, and, even uh, comparing it to where they were a year ago, I mean, it's just a, a yeah, significant exactly. jump. Significant. Yeah, so it's great. A lot of positives. Great to see ownership step forward the way they have, both in terms of allowing the, the trade in terms of prospects. You know, that was a lot to give up for Andrew Miller and to take on his salary for multiple years. And, you know, they've always said when, when the window's there, when the time is right, when it makes sense, that they would step up and do this. And fans have been kind of waiting and, and waiting to see that. Um, and this is uh, another opportunistic moment for this franchise, given the landscape of the division. And, yeah, it's been positive to see the, the reaction of the fans. Um, you hope that trend continues because the reality still remains that um, you know fan, you know fans coming to games and and being in the seats and attendance figures and revenue in that that way still is maybe more impactful for the Indians' progress and sustainability than it would be for a lot of other teams. So you know hopefully uh, they can maximize this run, you know keep that grip on the Central, make the playoffs, have some more deep runs in them, and continue to generate that revenue that that can help this team do some of these things because you know they just weren't able to do them in the past and you know they had to hope that signings like Mike Napoli you know would turn out the way they did Um, and because that one and other ones and you know some core development you know guys being drafted and developed guys being acquired in trades and being developed you know that has all kind of culminated to this moment here and it's it's nice to see them like I said kind of put their foot on the gas and and try and uh, take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, any any. Uh, I mean, these are human beings who play this game. So any signing, uh, especially uh, of this magnitude from a price price point, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be iffy. There's there's going to be you know concern there that that he doesn't live up to right. the contract. But this was the least iffy proposition available to them. Um, you know, Johannes Cespedes wasn't going to be in their price range. We didn't right. think Encarnacion would be in their price range, and he was. Uh, and I, I'd say that's good anytime you can get the least iffy proposition available to you. But uh, in this case, it's particularly important just coming so close as they did. And uh, can Jose Ramirez repeat what he did last year? Could Mike Napoli have repeated uh, what he did last year? What are they getting in Michael Brantley? We simply don't know. And, and that's been a talking point as well here uh, recently. Not terribly unlike, uh, I remember the winter meetings uh, 
you know, prior to the 2016 <laughs> yeah. season when, when we heard Peter Gammon's uh, rumblings that he might not be available until August. That turned out to be true and not true. It was uh, about that bad. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have been available to them until August um, just because of the way things worked out. Um, and, and now we hear uh, uh, Jonah Carey, respected baseball writer, saying he hears it's a horrific injury and, and, and the odds are not good of him being a productive player in 2017. Um, you know, to that I'd say, I mean, horrific is, you know, the arm detaches from the body. So I don't know about horrific, but um, <laughs> I, do, I, I do understand the sentiment, though, that we're talking about right. two surgeries on the lead shoulder within a year of each other. I mean, that's a lot to come back from. It's all guesswork, yeah. but what are, you, what are your thoughts on Brantley's situation at this point? Well, I mean, it was horrific in terms of baseball. In the, I mean, he only played 11 games last year. I think we can already yeah. classify this as a, as a bad injury. And even if he returns healthy, um, quote-unquote healthy, as in he's able to pick up a bat and swing and play in baseball games, we don't know what Michael Brantley we're going to get. I don't think we can set our expectation to third finisher in MVP voting Michael Brantley. Um, yeah. You know, the the shoulder and the biceps, um, you know, they called it chronic t- tendonitis on the biceps. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but chronic is not a word you like to hear associated with that. Um, <laughs> he was supposed to start hitting um, in late December. We haven't really gotten much of an update there. We'll we'll find out, you know, hopefully at the Encarnacion press conference when we get Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff. You know, we're going to be hitting them with all kinds of questions on Brantley and you know, there's still whether there's still interest in re-signing Roger Davis, among other things. Yeah, so we'll hopefully get a little more clarity along those lines because yeah, you don't like to hear reports like that. But as you mentioned, we went through similar things there. Again, the thing I keep going back to is the positive of this situation going into this year is they did the surgery earlier. Um, in yeah. the prior season, they waited. They tried to go through this comeback period after the season ended and they pushed it to a point where by the time he had surgery, it wiped out most of spring training and made it unrealistic for him to make the team. The positive here is he had it in August, so if he is able to hit and get ready, he should conceivably be able to take part in a normal, relatively normal spring training and be ready for opening day. But again, even if he's in the opening day lineup, you know, I don't know, can you say he's the number three hitter? Do you, do you need to protect him a little bit? Do you need to give it a sort of a wait-and-see period to find out what type of hitter he's going to be. I think the one thing there with his style of hitting that's uh, maybe beneficial is, you know, he's a high-contact guy. So, you know, this is a guy that if he can put bat to ball, he could generally be productive. It's just we'll see if the power will be there again or, you know, we'll see. So it's, there's so much wait-and-see, you know, in the off season, it's hard to um, really get a, a hold on that. You know, it's a lot different when we're there in spring training and we, we got eyes on him every single day. Right now we're just going off reports or what people can say, and there's a lot of trust in, in what the team's saying. And right now the team is saying he's their left fielder and he's going to be there for opening day. All right. Well, we uh, as, as Jordan alluded to, we will hear more about Encarnacion later this week. Uh, he will be in Cleveland on Tuesday and uh, – excuse me, on Wednesday for his physical. I got my day screwed up with the holiday here. Uh, Wednesday for his physical, and uh, assuming that goes through, a Thursday press conference, and uh, he will get grilled by Jordan Bastian uh, with, with the hard-hitting journalistic questions, I'm sure, right? What do you got for E? Right, big, yeah, big hard-hitting questions, hard questions for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting because uh, this, this is obviously a, a major deal for the Indians and a lot of emphasis now on 2017. Uh, so it's going to be a fun year, and we will be all over it here on these podcasts. JB will be all over it for Indians.com. 
We'll continue checking with him each week. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.